Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Matt, part of the Debbie Debate Show. You were about to get to the Debbie Debate Draft Profile Show. I just wanted to jump on really quick and give you guys a quick uh, heads up that we record these shows uh, before Mondays when the episode drops, and we previewed wide receivers today. As you're about to find out, I am going to preview Chris Olave and my thoughts on him coming into the NFL Draft. Obviously, he is now not coming into the NFL Draft. Uh, that news just dropped earlier before the this podcast is going to be released, so we wanted to just come in here and give you guys that qualifier that we do now know that Chris Olave is coming back uh, for one more year at Ohio State. None of us expected that to happen, so we thought it'd be safe to preview him uh, for the Draft Profile Show, so we'll obviously get more into that on the Debbie Debate on Wednesday. The Debbie Debate Draft Profile Show. Quarterback. Standing strong in the pocket, winds up, down the field. Oh, he put the biscuit in the basket! When I'm looking at the quarterback position, it all comes down to the feet. You want to see what they're doing in the pocket, whether it's clean, whether they're under pressure, what they do when they get outside of the pocket. Can they make those off-platform throws? How good is their arm? Can they fit it into those tight windows? Running backs. He's got an opening. Elliott off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. 85 yards. Look, we're talking about running back for fantasy football. You have to be able to do one. You have to be one of two things, but preferably both. Either one, you are deployed in the passing game, or two, you are a tremendous size-adjusted athlete. Those are the only two things that exist on the top of the food chain in fantasy football at running back. Being able to catch the ball. Wide receivers. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me? Hurt my feelings! So what do I look for when I'm evaluating wide receivers? There are really kind of three or four things that I like to look for when I'm watching these guys. The big one is how do they win? And I want to see a guy that can either win constantly in multiple ways, but if they can't... All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Debate Draft Profile Show. This is episode two, and we are going to be doing some wide receivers today. I've got Austin and Felix with me as usual. We're going to be doing Chris Olave. Go figure. I guess you guys can figure out who's going to be doing him because you guys can probably figure out who's going to be doing Tamori on Terry. And then we're also going to be doing Terrace Marshall Jr. We're going to start with Chris Olave so we can get the Ohio State Buckeye homerism out of the way. And then we're going to jump into the other two guys. So I'm doing Olave. Uh, for me, when I watched Olave, um, I think he should be considered one of the best route runners in this 2021 NFL draft class. He's great at selling his breaks at the top of his route and taking winning angles to create separation from defenders. He's considered a, a three-level threat, and I already messed that up, so I'm just going to stop for a second. <laughs> So I can cut all that out. So, how far back are we going? Uh, why is this not 
I updated my whole sheet and now it's not popping up. There we go. I updated it on my computer and it didn't update any of my first stuff that I put in for the beginning. So we're going to start that over. We're going to start here. So I'm going to be talking about Chris Olave. We're going to get the Ohio State Buckeye homerism out of the way. Uh, so he's a three-star prospect coming out of high school and was the 54th-ranked wide receiver, eventually earned his four-star and became the 34th-ranked wide receiver in, 2018, in that 2018 class. He received 20 college offers. Some of the top schools were UCLA, Utah, Arizona, Michigan, and UC, USC. Ended up obviously going to the Ohio State University. He played at Michigan Mission Hills High School during his senior year. He caught 93 passes for 1,000. 1,763 yards and 26 touchdowns. Olave was also a successful track and field star in high school, ran a 10.800 meter yard dash in a 23 in, I don't know, 23, six in long jump. I don't know what the 23 is. It 23 inches, six. What's the six for? I was not in track and field. So honestly, I have no idea. Do either one of you know? I have no idea. I was not a track okay. guy either. 23-6 in the long jump. For whoever's listening and knows what that means, there you go. Apparently, that was good, though. I'll tell you that. So, my thoughts on Olave when I was watching this film. I think he should be considered one of the best route runners in the 2021 NFL draft class. Uh, he's great at selling his breaks and, and taking winning angles at the top of his route, creating separation from defenders. Uh, he's considered a three-level threat. Olave's ball tracking skills are incredible. Regardless of where he is on the field, uh, he always seems to track the ball well, especially when running deep. Uh, and he has got great body control, especially around the sidelines and on the boundaries. He seems to almost always know where he is, keeps his feet inbounds while securing the ball. Olave Olave averaged more than 16 yards per reception uh, this past season. So, and really th or throughout his college career. So that shows you right there just how good uh, he has been. So for some of his stats here, I'm going to pull up. So deep passing this year, 290 yards on just six catches uh, for five touchdowns, no drops. Had a drop percentage this year of 0%. Like He did not drop a single ball the entire season. Now, granted, Big Ten played less games than most of the other schools, so he didn't get um, as many opportunities as the guys. And he missed a game due to COVID as well. Uh, but had a target percentage of 19% um, in the slot. And then had um, five broken tackles. One drop just in the short intermediate area for, let's see here, what did he end up with? 727 yards, 84% reception. Uh, reception percentage, 77 receptions on 99 targets. So overall, very good season for Olave. Would have loved to see – I'm sorry. Golly, I just messed that up. 50 receptions on 59 targets. I was – my eyesight is not good. So anyways – Overall, I think a very good season here for Chris Olave and did get the less games. Uh, I know we talked about on our regular Debbie Debate show, Felix brought up he wasn't separating very well in the Alabama game. Uh, I actually disagree with that. I decided to go back and start watching some of it. My heartbreak kind of came over it last night. Uh, Justin Fields was just missing those guys downfield. I actually took a couple snapshots. I was going to send you guys uh, in a text message. There was two plays specifically where Olave had completely blown by Sertain and was wide open running down the left side of the field. Jeremy Ruckert was wide open in the middle of the field, and he was looking for the dump off to Garrett Wilson over here because that pressure was right in the face, completely missed, and it happened on multiple plays. I haven't finished watching the entire game yet. Still haven't gotten to the fourth quarter because that's, again, I fell asleep the other day, so I didn't watch it live and I haven't gotten to it yet, but there was a couple times I noticed they were wide open. Uh, so the cons on Olave, he doesn't really win contested catches situations, but I don't think that's his game. I, I don't think they should ask him to do that at the next level. Uh, and, and he has not shown a great catch radius either. I don't think he's a guy who's going to really 
expand Devonta Smith. If you watch the championship game, that throw to the sideline where, I mean, he's just got that long lengthy frame, put his hands up, caught that ball right on the boundary. I thought was phenomenal. That's not Olave's game necessarily. Uh, and he's not a burner, but he has enough speed to beat you to get by defenders. So he's not a guy who's going to blow by everybody, but he's got enough speed. So my summary on him, He's an all-around talented wide receiver. I think he's likely going to be a first-round pick in the NFL. Uh, he's illustrated high levels of football IQ, finding weaknesses and coverages. He's the latest product of, of Brian Hartline's uh, wide receivers that have come out of Ohio State. He, I think, has become one of the best wide receiver coaches in college, the way he's turned out these high-level prospects. Uh, he he lacks the physical stature to be a dominant possession wide receiver. However, if he gets a quarterback who can feed him the ball and allow his high-end separation skills to shine, he'll produce and put up numbers from the jump. I expect him to be a first-round pick for his draft capital, but I, I can see a scenario where he doesn't go in the first. I can't see any way he goes out of the second round. I do think he's going to be a first or second-round pick. And when I was looking at some of the landing spots, uh, guys, the teams that kind of stuck out in the back half of the first round, I think might take a shot on them. The New York Giants, the Washington football team, the Tennessee Titans, if they end up do letting Corey Davis go, I think he'd be a great compliment to A.J. Brown. Uh, the New York Jets and my favorite, the Green Bay Packers alongside Devontae Adams. So those are my thoughts and kind of takeaways on Chris Olave. Uh, Austin, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I have almost identical thoughts. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure how consistent of a deep threat he'll be able to be in the NFL. Um, but I don't think he needs to be. Like, I think he can be an elite possession guy, even without being uber physical. I think that's going to be his majority of his role. I've been comping him for months, and I, I really like everyone pushes back when I say this, but I think he's very similar to Tyler Boyd. How he's used in the NFL is how I picture Chris Olave being used in the NFL. And I think he can be that level of a fantasy producer, depending on the offense he gets in. I mean, that Green Bay matchup you were just talking about would be ideal. Um, I really like Olave. I just have some guys ahead of him because, like I said, I think he's a possession guy. I'm not exactly, you know, he doesn't have the catch radius, so I don't think he's going to be a big red zone target. I'm not exactly sure how much he'll be able to win deep in the NFL, at least consistently. Um, so those, those are the only things that have him not not quite as high as maybe I want to because I really enjoy watching him. He's one of my favorite guys in this class to, to watch. Where do you have him in your ranks? Right now I have him as my wide receiver eight. Um, but he has like an early second round grade. So like him, Terrace Marshall and Amon Ross St. Brown all have early second grades from me. Um, and they're all like right, right beside each other. Yeah. So I have them seven and it's literally grouped with those two guys. I have them in between Marshall and Amon Ross St. Brown. So Felix, what, what about you? What are your thoughts on Olave? And where do you have, I know you don't have him or you haven't finished your rankings yet, but kind of where would you rank him in this class for you? Um, do you guys have him ahead or behind uh, Terrace Marshall? I have him one spot behind Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I mean it, it's um because I I I really love si size and length at that position, and he doesn't have those two things. Um, I just I don't know where I'm gonna where I'm where I'm gonna end up ranking him. I do like his route running ability, and um, you know he some does some things really well. <laughs> I don't have complete thoughts yet on Chris Olave, and I don't want to. I don't want to discriminate against him because he's a smaller receiver. I thought he actually was a deep threat, but you guys are um, telling me that he's not necessarily going to be that at the next level. And so that's something I'm going to pay attention to. I will tell you that he's grown on me this year more so than any, than, than any other year. And I, um, and so I really, I, I, I got to do my deep dive on him. He has some strengths. His burning, you mentioned him being one of the best route runners 
uh, in the class. And route running is is something I love because I think that particular skill set ages well. You know, you think about a player like uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who actually Emmanuel Sanders is a great athlete also, but he's a great route runner, and that skill set has just kind of gone with him from Bergenver and now in New Orleans. And I think that, you know, if 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 Chris Olave is on that spectrum, then it's a player that we really need to pay attention to because you're going to be able to have him rostered for eight, ten years, and he's going to be fantasy relevant. So, <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll go with uh, Felix here in Tamori Ontario and save uh, Terrace Marshall for last since I think he's probably – I think all three of us agree the best prospect in this in this discussion today. So go ahead, Felix. Tamari Ontario is just such an interesting prospect because if you pay attention to depth, I mean, everyone knows about kind of the size-speed combination, but um, I guess I wanted to look at and see where he came from to where he is now. So Terry uh, was a three-star prospect uh, from the composite, a, a four-star prospect according to 24-7, only the 30-second wide receiver. But coming into his senior year, he only had um, one offer from FBS, and that was from Troy. And as far as I can tell, it's because he is from a very rural uh, area in Georgia, Turner Turner County, Georgia, only 3,800 people, medium income, uh, uh, $18,000 annually. I mean, you're talking about a small, poor rural community. Terry wasn't going to camps and getting scouted, uh, you know, at these, uh, uh, the, the opening and all that stuff. And so he was a little bit under the radar. Um, and, and even so he eventually became, you know, coming out of nowhere to become the the 32nd, uh, wide receiver in the 2017 class. And then eventually got offers from, you know, a lot of the big, uh, sec schools. His senior year in senior year in high school averaged 30 yards a catch, uh, just over 1,100 yards on uh, on 40 catches. So you know this kid has always been a big play threat. He goes to Florida State with a teammate of his from Turner County, from Turner County, Ontario Wilson, um, who I believe is was a cornerback there. Red shirts in 2017 and 2018 as a red shirt freshman. If you consider 20% the breakout age, he broke out 22.96% of uh, market share there. Um, and it's 35 receptions for 714 yards, the most by a freshman in in school history at Florida State. Florida State has a storied history. You know, Peter Warwick, Anquan Bolden, they've had some receivers there and Terry's uh, 744 yards, most by a a, a, uh, a freshman in that school's history. Red shirt sophomore year in 2019. Now that's when he kind of really made a name for himself. Um, 1100 over 1100 yards, 19 yards a catch, almost 20 yards a catch after averaging 20 yard uh, 21.3 yards a catch as a freshman. Market share 34.9. Okay, 34.9. Uh, as a redshirt sophomore, this guy, I mean, he shows at times suddenness burst and all of that in a six foot four at that time, 205 pound package. I'm going to talk about um, his growth from 2019 to 20 to 2020. Um, so he kind of, he breaks out 
in in, uh, in 2019 with uh, thir- almost a 35% market share, which I, I understand is good. I'm not an analytics guy, but I, I do understand having 20% as a freshman, having 30% as a redshirt uh, sophomore is a, is a good thing. Um, in between 2019 and 2020, he puts on between 15 and 20 pounds or so and is listed at going from 64205 to 6420 going into the 2020 season. And so decided to go back, went back to solidify his draft capital. Um, but the season didn't go as planned. First of all, Florida State has been terrible at the quarterback position this entire time, including in 2019, including in 2020. But in 2020, I understand that he had knee surgery like right before the season started. They called it a cleanup procedure, and the coaches are talking about him rehabbing in the middle of the season with them playing playing him. He was frustrated. Uh, he had some personal things going on in his life. His grandmother died uh, right before the season started. And he just had a weird. If you look at his his game log, he has a weird, um, uh, uh, the weird statistical performances um, in the six games that he played in in twenty twenty. No catches versus Miami. Uh, no catches versus Louisville. His best game in twenty twenty was a nine for one hundred and forty six yards against uh, Notre Dame and. You know, did some of the things that you saw him do uh, uh, at other points in his career. Catches a long touchdown on a slug go, you know, beats somebody on a single coverage and and gets gets behind the defense, uh, the defense and catches a long touchdown. You watch at the end of that game. You watch at the end of that game. He's catching passes, you know, when the game is out of reach and he's still limping in the game. And I'm like, he's still limping. And I went to see if he was played the next game and he didn't, he didn't play the next game. He didn't play against Louisville despite um, playing the entirety of the Notre Dame game and that game being his best game. So I saw this story about him having surgery and you look at him play against, against Notre Dame at the end of that game, you see him favoring uh, his, I believe his right side. And then he doesn't play the game after. So I believe that there is some truth to that. Despite despite the injuries, he got into it with uh, with one of his coaches. He got into a fight with a Miami player. I mean, it was kind of just a tumultuous um, redshirt junior season for Tamari Terry. But even so, still twenty three point five market share. And I'm including in that the games against Miami where he didn't play, and I'm including uh, the game against Louisville where um, he didn't record any statistics. Um, and in the the game against Miami, he uh played, but I think he only played about twenty percent of the snaps, and so and I couldn't tell if he was suspended or if it was a result of the injury. But you know, you, you're looking at him there on the sideline with the coaches. I think Kirk Curbstreet called that game, and um, who we're gonna might have on later. Uh, and, and he even commented, you know, Terry, Terry is standing there on the sideline. So, all right, let's talk about, let's just talk about his, what he, we see on his film. Um, this 
is a raw athlete. Austin, you and I have talked about him, and you compared him to uh, Martavis Bryant. I think that's apt except for, well, as far as his physical ability. I believe that that's an apt comparison, but analytically, Terry looks a little bit better, uh, actually a lot better than what Martavis Bryant was. Martavis Bryant didn't have a breakout age, lower college dominator, blah, 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 but just as athletic. Um, we actually don't know how athletic Tamarion Terry is because he didn't go to the opening. We don't have a recorded uh, 40 time, at least that I can find. What we do know is we have this play where Terry was a senior, I believe, in high school. And it was very similar to that DK Metcalf uh but uh, Buddha Baker play where DK tr- uh, tracks him down on an interception. We have a play like that. It's the second play on Tamari on Terry's either junior or senior high, uh, high school tape. And he's recorded at 21.92 miles per hour. Um, and so that's in high school. Now, just to give you a sense for how fast that is uh, the fastest times recorded in 2020 in the NFL Raheem Mostert had the top two at 23.9 and 22.73 Kenyon Drake thereafter at 22.11 let's give some more popular names Tyreek Hill's fastest 21.91 so remember Tyreek Hill you know fastest guy in the league and we have Tamarion Terry being recorded at 21.92 um just a tad bit faster than Tyreek. He's an athlete that is good in two areas. Um, Close to the line of scrimmage routes, so I'm talking about drags, slants, hitches, that sort of thing. If you want him to run a 15-yard dig and ask him to run across the middle and be in front of a safety, that might not be his game. There is a um, play in 2018 against Miami where – I think it's DeAndre Francois throws him a really nice post across the middle, and there is a safety there who's going to get caught. And Terry reaches for it with one short arm, and I said, ooh, he alligator-armed it. They said on the broadcast right after that, that's an alligator arm. Um, So, (laughs) But that was 2018. I don't know. I I can't tell yet whether or not he's developed, if he's a player that you want to deploy across the middle to make the tough – catches um but it might not matter because he's very good at other things he's bursty and sudden at times in 2019 he looked bursty and sudden at that six foot uh four 205 pound frame we didn't really get to see what he looked like what he would have been in 2020 um, if he could still be that athlete at that size because he was injured the entire year i will tell you this what uh, what his 2019 through 2020, and I got to wrap this up. This is 2019 through 2020 offseason. What it shows me is that he cares about football because to put on 15 pounds um, d- d- during that offseason says that I am doing something intentional to improve my play, my strength, what have you. Um, so he has this reputation as being. Uh, uh, a character red flag, but let's pay attention to that 2019, 2020 off season where he put on 15, 15 pounds of muscle, 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, that tells you so- also tells you something about his character. I, f- it, it's possible that he is a build up speed player where in the 30th and 40th yard, if you haven't caught him, you're not going to catch him, but he might not be the accelerator that some other players are. 
Um, five. He's, he's got five touchdowns of 70 or more yards in his career in college. It's a lot. Left FSU, the FSU program early again. Like I said, after six games, he showed fr- frustration with the coaches. And kind of even when um, they announced his departure there, they just kind of said he's no longer with the program and we're moving forward as though the departure wasn't something that that had the coach's blessing. So as far as ideal landing spots, I think this is a player that I want to see deployed in a vertical offense with a dominant number one on the other side. And I can't think of a better place for him to land than with the Los Angeles Chargers, a very shallow uh, wide receiver depth chart there. You've got Keenan Allen and, um, Keenan Allen is the route runner that you want mentoring someone like Tamarion Terry to add some nuances to his game. So those are my thoughts on Tamarion Terry, small town kid from Turner County, Georgia, uh, a a 200 meter runner, a 400 meter endurance runner in high school who made a name for himself coming into his senior season, went to Florida State and has shown flashes of of real athleticism and brilliance. And I think that he's going to be an absolute steal for somebody on day uh, the second round, third round, somewhere in there. Austin, what are your takeaways on Terry? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, the hands just scare me, like, a lot, a lot. If he had like even slightly better hands, I would feel so much better about him. And I still do like him. I mean, I have, I think that he, I have him graded as like an early day three guy. Now I, I had him as like a late two guy coming into the air. So he's kind of been jumped by a few guys and moved down a little bit. I think that's his range. And like Felix said, I think he has the chance to be a, a steal at that spot. I, the chargers is awesome. I hadn't really thought about that. I think, I think Herbert would love him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good match. Yeah, so it's crazy. I know we've talked about on the Debbie Debate Show that uh, you know I traded him for for G Scott Jr. Straight up, and that's I was high on Tamori on Terry in that draft. I think I took him in the third round of uh, of our startup in in the program. I think no, it was in the Nerds one that we're in with Eric Court. So I took him high, like I, I was very high on Terry coming into the year, and it's the same thing that Austin said. Like the thing I've got written down here. Uh, on my notes are just drops. It, it's a lot of drops, concentration drops. I don't like some of his uh, technique when he's trying to adjust to the ball at times, especially in the air. I think he misreads it sometimes. There's times that I don't think he takes the right path to the ball. Um, his off-field stuff that Felix mentioned there is also a big concern for me. And I, I understand maybe it's some of it was – I get when you're a, a, probably a – big a competitor as he is from what I've seen him do on the field and things that you've heard him talk about and other teammates have talked about him. So maybe how bad Florida state was this year led to some of the, the incidents that were happening on the sidelines and all this stuff. But that stuff worries me because if that stuff's getting in your head right now, what happens if you end up on a bad team in the NFL and you're going to have some of the best shit talkers in the NFL DBs going up against you and getting in your head and starting to mess with you do you start losing your cool more often than not and then causing you not to be on the field? So Terry's dropped some for me. I think, um, where did I have him at? I was just looking at a mock draft. So 
So I have, I still have him in my tier two, but he has dropped. I had him actually above Chris Olave coming into the year, and I've dropped him down to right behind Tylen Wallace and Deami Brown. So he's still in my top 10. He's sitting at 10 right now. So, I mean, I still have Terry high. I think my biggest issue with Terry is he's probably a guy that I'm not going to end up with in a lot of my rookie drafts because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who like him as much as you do, Felix, and so they'll take him higher than I'm willing to take him. And – I have no doubt that he could pan out, but he's one of those guys that I'm just worried won't. And so that that's kind of my biggest fear, especially with the drops, because I think we compared him to oops, Nelson Aguilar on the last show where maybe like he goes somewhere and if he doesn't do good right off the bat, kind of gets benched. And then if he gets another team, ends up producing like Aguilar did with the Raiders, all of a sudden now dude doesn't drop anything that's thrown to him. So that's my biggest fear with Terry. But overall, I do, I, I'm with him. I mean, I have him in my top 10, and this is a very good wide receiver class. So I think that, that speaks a lot about uh, his, his talent. All right, so the last guy on the show today is is the guy I think we all agree is the best, and that's Terrace Marshall Jr. Go ahead, Austin. Give us your thoughts on him. Yeah, so if you take like everything that Felix just said about Tamori and Terry's background and then like flip it to like the exact opposite, that's that's what Terrace Marshall was coming out of high school. And he was a, fi- a five-star kid, like was always expected to be this, you know, this absolute stud. Um had offers from virtually every yeah, big school in the country. I, most of the SEC. Um, yeah, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, North Carolina, um, like, yeah, Bama. He had offers from all these schools, ended up choosing LSU. Um, that, he's a Louisiana kid, so it made sense that he wanted to stay close to home. And um, went in and kind of struggled to get a little bit of playing time, which isn't that unusual if you, you go to a big school like LSU. You know, it's, it's pretty tough to, to come in there and play right away. Um, Ended up um, his freshman year, he had uh, 12 catches, 192 yards, no touchdowns. Um, sophomore year, he was in that prolific LSU offense with uh, Joe Burrow at quarterback and was definitely the, th- well, really the fourth wheel on that offense uh, amongst the skill guys. Uh, Jefferson and Chase uh, outproduced him as receivers. And then CEH really was even probably more of an option. Um, compared to him, but he was really, uh, he filled out that wide receiver group really well. He kind of did some of the stuff that maybe Chase and um, Jefferson don't do quite as well. Um, And I think, to be honest, I do think he benefited a little bit last year from their presence on the field um, where he was, they, they used him mostly as a big red zone threat and then as a deep guy. And he was really able to excel in that role because that's kind of what his strengths were um, as raw as he was coming in. He had uh, 46 catches for 671 yards and 13 touchdowns. So, I mean, he he really did produce in that offense. He wasn't a passenger by any means. He just wasn't necessarily leading the charge like some of those other guys were. Um, coming into this year, you know, with Chase opting out and then uh, Jefferson going to the NFL, he was really expected to take the next big step. And I think that overall he did he only played seven games before uh finally calling it quits for the year with some very uneven quarterback play there was definitely was no joe burrow on the roster this year um but still managed to have uh, 48 catches 731 yards and 10 touchdowns in those seven games and he had a couple of just monster performances this year as well yeah, so uh, the Mississippi State game, he ended up uh, the first game of the year, had eight catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns, had two touchdowns the following week against Vandy, had that the, his biggest performance of the year was at 235 yards and three touchdowns against Missouri in their third game. 
Um, the first four games of the year, he had uh, nine touchdowns between the four of them. I mean, he was absolutely on a tear. And uh, it, it, I really like that he was basically the favorite target of every single quarterback that he played with this season. I think that speaks well. Um, I mean, I know he was the third, it was his third year and he um, it was the oldest guy by quite a bit within that receiving core, really. Um, but it's still nice that he, that, that, that pretty much every quarterback they had, he was their first look. Um, he, uh, just getting to kind of his style of play, like I kind of alluded a little bit to earlier, um, I think if nothing else in the NFL, he can be a deep threat and red zone target guy, which has a ton of value. I mean, maybe it makes him a little less consistent for your, uh, a fantasy team, but I think that overall, that's still a, a very valuable skill set. Um, but I, there, I think he can do more than that in the NFL. Um, his route running does need work, but I think he got better from his second year to his third year at doing that. He can line up all across the formation. If you watch their games, he lines up left side of the formation, right side in the slot. They motion him all over the place. So I think he can do all of those things, um, which which is going to get him some more playing time early. Um, and he is just a threat to take it to the house every single time he gets the ball in his hands. He's very he's very similar to Terry in that regard. Um, and, and with his size, you know, like 6'3", 205 or so, I mean, I think I, I'm a little lower on Terry than you guys were. I think he's my wide receiver 16. So, like, of my top 10 to 12 guys, Marshall is the only guy in that group that I think has those physical attributes um, that, that I think is that can go in and be that traditional alpha um, ceiling. Uh, like Terry, he his hands have some questions, and I don't even necessarily think he answered them this year. I only I've, I've watched two games of his so far this year, like sat down and really watched them. And he had at least one or two bad drops in both where it's just like, oh man, like you, you got to reel that in. Cause if you do a couple of those as a rookie, you know, it's, if you go to a, t- a team with like a, a veteran quarterback, they're going to stop looking at you. They're going to, they're going to look elsewhere if they can't really trust you to, to consistently be able to bring some of those passes in. So, so he definitely, you know, it, it's not all, um, you know, like sunshine and roses when they talk about when we talk about him, but like Terry, he just has all those attributes where I think if he's able to put it together in the NFL, he can be a top, top fantasy option. So I think at his current value, it seems like he's going to be probably at earliest, a late first round NFL draft pick. I think it would be better if he went round two, but I think with those traits, he is going to probably sneak into the late first round. And I think he's probably an early second round uh, like rookie pick this year. Um, uh, but at, at, at those values, I think he, he could end up being a huge steal. Austin, I got a question for you. Yeah. I mean, if we're thinking of, you know, last year's class and we had Judy and lamb at the top, and then obviously you get into the season and Justin Jefferson is obviously the best option um, in that class is Terrence Marshall, you know, the, the a player that could, eventually be considered the best wide receiver in this class. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's suffering a lot this year from just it being such a strong draft class. Um, and I will say that it worked out really well for him though. Cause I think if chase had come back this year, maybe we wouldn't be talking about him quite in this way. I mean, he'd still be that, that physical attribute, but without that um, he would like, I think if chase played this year, he probably wouldn't technically have a breakout um, uh, along with some other issues. So I think he kind of lucked out in that regard. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think more than 
most guys. I think if he goes to the right spot, I don't know if I have like a preferred landing spot for him because I think every offense in the NFL can really use a guy like built like him that can do the things he does. I think he probably like, I think maybe a Minnesota or something like that would be bad where like an offense that does mostly two wide receiver stuff. I think he does need to go someplace that runs a lot of three wide sets, but that's most of the NFL these days anyway. Um, so I, I don't know that he's that landing spot dependent for me. What, where do you have him, Felix? Same range. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, just, I think I'd be a little bit higher on, on, uh, Terrence Marshall. Um, I think I I can only think of you know th- th- three or four guys that I would rather have um, four five three coming out of high school four three three shuttle you know not ninety nine point nine nine spark rating just a well rounded athlete and those are high school numbers man I really hope we have an NFL combine this year because there might be a lot of freaks I mean you might you might see a lot of four, four fives in the 40. And you might have a couple of guys go sub four, four Terry's a, a potential candidate. I think Marshall's a potential candidate yeah. that maybe, I mean, low, low four fours and obviously, you know, Jalen Waddle. Um, and I, and I, you know, I'm, well, we're going to talk about this player later, but just talking about freaks in the class, I think that we're going to end up saying that Devonta Smith is way more athletic than we, than we thought he was. So, um, I hope it seems like it could be in jeopardy, but for a player like Terrence Marshall, I want to see him in the underwear Olympics because I want to see how he's improved on all these numbers we just mentioned. Yeah, so I'm with you, Austin, on pretty much everything you said. Uh, My biggest thing that I put on here is how versatile of a receiver he is. The fact that he was moved all over the place, played in the slot, played on both sides, as you mentioned. I was pulling up some of my stuff here. So just this year, because I kind of went – he played enough that I felt like it was okay to use uh, his stats from from this year when I was – messing with my stuff. So he actually played 82% of his snaps in the, uh, in the slot this year, which I thought was a lot more than I expected when I was watching him on film. My biggest thing is the drop seven drops this year is a lot. And, and he didn't even play a full season either. So that's kind of what I'm a little bit worried about. I have him six right now. I have him behind chase Smith, more Bateman and Waddle. Uh, I know, uh, I know at least Felix, I think is not as big on Bateman as I am, but I, I do agree. He's got that ceiling. I'm, I'm interested to see what he does there um, at the, at the underwear Olympics as, as Felix called it, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. I don't agree though. And maybe it's early cause we haven't seen the NFL draft, but I'm doing a, a bunch of rookie mock drafts with the guys over at the NFL draft Bible. Hmm. Do you want to take a guess at where Terrace Marshall has been going? They've now I've only been in two of them, but they've run six right now. And so I'm going through and looking at all their drafts and I can tell you where he's pretty much gone in every single draft. I mean, I would think mid second. That's what I would think. If all it was way. later than that, I'd be surprised. Oh, so I, mean, I should but... say it's not super. It, it's not super flex. So that I don't know if that changes things for you guys. The what the we're doing non super flex ones right now, non tight end premium. The the way yeah. you're talking about it makes me think he's going like one eight or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yep. <clears throat> he's going one five and one six in almost every single one of these drafts. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So that I know. I felt yeah. I mean that and that. I mean that's a credible organization. They they know what they're talking about. So yeah. Um, that's a that's a big deal. So like right now, and there's two that haven't gotten that far down yet. There's one that's at five and one that's at six, and he has not gone yet. But in the other four that I'm looking at, including the two that I'm in, 
he has gone at one six and one five in those two, and then all the others one five, one six, and all of them right after Etienne Harris, Chase Smith, and then Javante Williams. It's mixtures between Javante Williams and Terrace Marshall at five and six, and in almost all of these drafts that I'm looking at. So I was kind of surprised by that because I kind of agree with you, Austin. I think he's more of like a low end first, maybe high end second round pick, but. I mean, I do know a lot of people are high on him. And, and I mean, just looking at this, I mean, in a lot of these, you got Jalen Waddle, Rondale Moore. Again, I'm big on Bateman, all going behind him. I think I'd rather have all three of those guys, at least Moore and Waddle over Terrace Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. I know you. Well, I know because you're big on more. So that I knew for sure you'd want more over him. But Felix, no, you'd still take Marshall over Waddle and more. Uh, let me. You know what? Let me look at the. Um, let me look at the wide receivers to see where I would take him. Um, I think during the season before he came back, I would have had him over um, over more because you know more came back and then wasn't healthy, and it, that was just a weird thing. Um. So, uh, and, and and again, like I haven't studied all of these players, so I think I would still take. I can't. I can't. I would take Devonta Smith. I would take Jamar Chase. Yeah, they're they've gone ahead of him in every single one. Like Jamar Chase yeah. and Devonta Smith have been in the top five in every single one of these that I'm looking at. There's no. It's always been from looking at them all. It's a mixture of. Harris Etienne is one and two in every single draft, which is makes sense, right? In in a, in a non super yeah. flex draft, that makes sense. And then it's usually Chase and Smith. There is one where Waddle went at four, and then Smith did not go until nine. But that's the only one where Smith didn't go somewhere yeah. in the top five. So so he, here are the ones that are kind of in the running. It's Chase, Devonta Smith, Terrence Marshall, Rondell Moore, and Jalen Waddle. I mean that's that's it. I'm gonna have. Terrence Marshall ranked somewhere in there and gotcha. there. Uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, that's interesting. I, I guess uh, much like Tamori on Terry, I probably won't end up with a lot of Terrace Marshall on my team yeah. if he's going that high. Where, so where is uh Rashad Bateman going in those drafts? Uh, and so in all of them, he's gone right around 12 where we were just talking about Terrace Marshall going is where Bateman's gone. So let's see here. Uh, 11, 11. Oops. Let me go back. 12, 2.2, 12, and then 10 so far in all those ones, on those six that I just looked at. So, I mean, he's going toward the bottom. Again, I mean, I haven't, I just, I just think Bateman's going to be better, but you guys already know. I mean, we talked about him on the last Debbie Debate episode. I'm, I have a very high comp for Bateman. I think this year didn't help him with the in, in, out, in, out thing, and then everything going on with the Big Ten. I, I love Bateman. So maybe. That's okay. I, I'm, I've Bateman falls that far. I'd love to take him there and, and let someone take Marshall earlier. I think the lesson is is that man, if you could, I mean, this, we say this every year, but if you can trade down and get second round picks and take multiple shots at these wide receivers, I mean, that's what you're going to want to do. Um, and you know, I liked Austin's draft on Wednesday, like him not taking a running back early. Led to like he he got all of these top receivers and then he still had Ramondre Stevenson at the end of the second. I'm like, I think that that's going to change the way I draft in my real drafts. Which you um, barely beat me on, barely. Yeah. I caught up at the end there. I caught up at the end somewhat at least. 
Yeah, I mean, see, I'm looking at some of these, and I just, I don't, I'm going to be honest, the more and more I look at it, the more I really don't like what's going on in the second round of these drafts. I'm not, I don't know, a lot of the guys that I prefer are all going first round. Like, the right now, a lot of these second rounds, you're getting guys like Kenneth Gainwell, Tylen Wallace, Javian Hawkins, I mean, I do like Amon Ross St. Brown, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Deame Brown, Jamar Jefferson's going toward the bottom of the seconds. He's a guy, obviously, I really like. Um, who's a but was a one that was kind of a little bit different. Pat Fryer moved Justin Fields, Brevin Jordan. I mean, I just I don't love a lot of those guys. That's not the tight ends, but I mean, I don't love a lot of those guys. I, I feel like the guys I really want are all kind of going in the first round right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be able to get Seth Williams in the second round. I think you're going to yeah. be able to get Elijah Moore in the second round. Um, it, you know, and, and then some of these players who we think are, I think Rashad Bateman, quite frankly, is eventually going to be a second round pick. Um, you mentioned the tight ends and then because this isn't a high running back, a, 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 a well-regarded running back class, you're going to be able to wait on that position the way Austin did in the, in the Wednesday draft. So that's going to make, to me, that's going to make your draft feel a lot stronger when you pair like Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith and you get uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Kenny Gainwell, you know, at two, seven, two, eight, something like that. So. All right. So that'll do it for episode two of the Debbie debate draft profile show. We will be back again next Monday with a new episode doing running backs. Either one of you guys want to claim a running back now to uh, tease the readers. I know who I'm picking. So either one of you guys have a guy. Are you taking Master Teague? Who are you taking? I am, I am not taking Master Teague. I'm gonna take my guy Jamar Jefferson. I wanna I wanna I, I thought about Javante, but since I just dropped the article on him on Dynasty Nerds, I'll I'll let that go for a little bit. I'm gonna go Jamar Jefferson. I'm studying him today and everything for my article for Dynasty Nerds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jamar. What about you guys? You guys have anybody? Just Felix gonna go Ramon J. Uh, Stevenson. I've talked about Ramondre a lot on recently. I'm not gonna go Ramondre because I need to look into somebody else. Um, a lot of a lot of Twitter polls or a lot of Twitter stuff is saying nobody's talking about him. I saw a lot of that today. A lot of people saying we're not talking enough about him. I've, I've been I've been talking about him way too much. I'm I'm probably gonna go like I don't know. I'm looking at Kylan Hill. I'm looking at Chuba Hubbard. Like, is Chuba Hubbard is he that dude or is he not that dude? I don't know. There's some options out there. I'm gonna take Khalil Herbert. That sounds like a fun one. Oh, you asshole. I love Herbert. I was hoping I could get him later. But that's all right. Oh, sorry. He's a, he's a, I was just looking at that range that you have Jamar in, and that's where I have Khalil too. So, Oh, I'm right there with you. I have, I have Herbert higher than a lot of people, so I don't know how high you have both of those guys. I have a feeling we're probably going to disagree on what we think about Herbert, but we'll see. We'll see. See, yeah, I could go way – I'm like, no, I could go way off the radar and go like Elijah Dotson from Sacramento State. Like I could – Go Elijah no, Dotson. Not, has, he even, has he even declared yet? I don't know. Who I have is. no idea. I don't know if I don't even know don't if they know. played uh, this year. So, um, how about you can go? I'll pick someone. Why don't you go, Dion Jackson out of Duke? You want to go? No, you know what? You're a big Coastal Carolina guy. Why don't you go, CJ? How do you say his Maribel? last name? Maribel. CJ Maribel. Um, yeah. No. I, I, no. I'll, do you know that they don't have him on the college football stats page? By the way, who, the Maribel? college football reference. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like that. With uh, yeah, I sometimes you got to go yeah. to like the New York Times to get p- people or Fox Sports, which I hate having to go to. A different I was trying to look to up his that. stuff as as I was attempting while we were while stuff that's going to get edited out. Uh, I was attempting to figure out how to do Dominator rating all this stuff. I typed him in to look up some of his stats, and he does not pull up unless he's Torrance. He's on there. Yeah, he's Torrance. Oh, I didn't him. know his first name was Torrance. My yeah. bad. 
Well, shit, I got all pissed off yesterday. I was like going through a four different other sites trying to find his Wait, stats. Wait, who, who are you talking about? Who, who's CJ Maribel? His first Torrance. name's Torrance, apparently. I did not know that. I seriously didn't know that. I thought I didn't CJ know that either, but I did something. So, yeah. Well, never mind. He's the in there, folks. Maribel. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, I won't edit that out for, for transparency reasons. But, oh, are know. we still recording? We <laughs> are still recording. Yeah. All right. So you got to pick somebody, Felix. I'm, I'm trying to get the, the people. No, I, I, don't, I, I, I gave a few options. I mean, it'll be one of those players I mentioned. You, right, you well, guys, you guys teased it. I mean, that's that's all right. Tune in Wednesday. We'll have a new episode. I don't think we've decided what we're doing yet. So make sure you guys follow follow Felix at Sharper Review. Follow Austin at Debbie Deach. You can follow me at Sports Fanatic MB. We'll eventually say what we're going to do, and we're also will be redrawing the Kyler Murray jersey. So you still have a couple days to get in those rates and reviews, and we will redraw all. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.